Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, then. Good morning. I'm going to be sitting down during this, but I'll stand up for the, the reading of Scripture. And a big thank you to uh, Pastor Ventrice, who's been filling in for me quite ably. All right, let's turn to the resurrection passage again, carrying on from last week in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the resurrection of the dead. But if it is preached that Christ has not been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Now, let me start over because I've got to press the button. So that was a good rehearsal. <laughs> now, you know where the passage is, right? I'd like to welcome everybody wherever you may be, here and listening and watching from the First Baptist Church in Coleraine. Welcome. We're going to continue on with the resurrection theme in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, reading from verse 12 to verse 22. Hear the word of the Lord. For it is preached... That Christ has been raised from the dead. How can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. And so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since Christ's death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's uh, have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, so grateful to be here this morning amongst the people of God. We just pray that you'll give us understanding of your word. 
and help us to, in our mind's eye, cast uh, it back to the time when Christ not only died, was buried, but rose again from the dead. And we look forward to our resurrection and what that really means. Give us understanding. May we be tuned in to this message that we have prepared. In Jesus' name, amen? amen. So obviously, you know, prior to Easter, we said we're going to take a break from the book of Revelation. And uh, heard a story about a family, and it was uh, refreshing when people get together after church. They actually come and ask questions. Uh, I don't have all the answers, but the Bible does. Amen. And people actually discuss what the sermon was all about and how it affected them and what it meant to them. It makes a refreshing change when people do that on rare occasions. <laughs> and uh, I heard about this family that um, were talking about the book of Revelation. Their pastor was preaching through the book of Revelation and they're sitting around the dinner table and uh, discussing what the pastor had preached on that morning. And the dad said, yes, it really makes us think about taking each day at a time and to live today as though it was our last. And the teenage son said, yeah, but dad, I tried that, but you grounded me for three months. <laughs> so we'll get that out of the way. Obviously, the same theme as what carrying on from last week. Last week, Easter Sunday, Jesus rose again on, the, on Sunday, the first day of the week. So why should we just remember the resurrection on Easter Sunday? We should remember the resurrection every Sunday, amen? And we, rightly so, we, we, we make that as a special occasion uh, at Easter when Jesus rose again from the dead, but... We know, had so many messages about that, and they're all good, and it's good to be reminded. Because if Christ isn't raised, then we will not be raised from the dead either. What about us, though? That's the title of my message today, but what about our resurrection? We hear a lot about Jesus' resurrection, but what about our resurrection? As a lot of people don't know anything about it, and some Christians have no clue that they, they too will one day receive a resurrected body. But not only believers, but also unbelievers. Did you know that even unbelievers are going to receive a resurrected body as well? Uh, that's a lot of, you know, people have questions, obviously, about life and death. Some people not, uh, just prefer not to even discuss the subject because it's a fearful thing and people just don't want to talk about things that is, is offensive to them or it hits a nerve and they just want to live from day to day and eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow we die and we're not going to worry about what happens after that. But we need to know where we go when we leave this world. It's the most vitally important thing we could ever know in this world and some people may ask well what what happens to my body you know whether it's put in the grave and you know and you've got that concrete box 
you know, and try to keep the worms out, you know, from it. But it's going to decay. And uh, it's the same whether it's put in the ground or whether it's uh, cremated. And what about people that are blown to smithereens? What about their body that didn't have an opportunity to be cremated or put in a pine box? What about people that die in airplane crashes and their body is completely obliterated? What happens to them? Could they possibly have a resurrected body? Yes. How do I know that? Because God can do anything. God can do anything. He can reform all those ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Reform them and give us a new body. Obviously, there's different uh, views and religious views, but we won't need to go into them because they're all false. There's only one thing we can rely on, and that's the word of God. Amen? Amen. This is the truth. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's God-breathed. And uh, Jesus talked about the resurrection. And obviously, as mentioned by uh, Pastor Ventris, he told his disciples many times that he was going to die, but then he's going to rise again from the dead. They have no idea what he was talking about until it happened, and they were skeptical, weren't they? They were so skeptical that he actually came through the wall, and there he was, and it just uh, blew them away, especially doubting Thomas. Amen? So what did Jesus say about the resurrection? If you wish, you can turn... It's not many uh, verses in John chapter 5, what Jesus actually said. John chapter 5, 24 through 30. He said, most assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death unto life. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. This is referring to believers. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man do not marvel at this for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and that's believers and unbelievers and come forth those who have done good to the resurrection of life, they're believers. And those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation, these are the unbelievers. I can of myself do nothing as I hear I judge and my judgment is righteous I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. So there you go. Proof that there is 
the resurrection of the just, the saved, and the unjust, the unsaved. The just, those that are saved through Christ, and there's only one way to be saved, and that's through Christ, amen? They'll stand before the Lord, and um, it's the judgment seat of Christ. They won't have to give an account for their sins. Jesus paid the penalty for that. It's about rewards, receiving rewards and losing rewards, depending on how faithful we've been. On the other hand, the unsaved will stand before the great white throne judgment, before Almighty God. They're already condemned and will be cast into the lake of fire eventually. Now, some people in this church, like so many people today, and down the ages, they don't believe, or they didn't believe, there was such a thing as a resurrection for unbelievers. They, they believed that Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again from the dead, but they didn't know anything about the resurrection for believers. This is one of the reasons why Paul had to put them straight and write this letter, and we're benefiting from it today, even today, 2,000-plus years later in teaching us. So what does Paul say in verse 12? But if it is, pre it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? And that's what they were saying. And he's saying, well, if Jesus is raised from the dead, how come we can't be raised from the dead, of course? And if he's not raised, then we can't be raised either. We're still in our sins. We're lost. And Paul is saying it's inconsistent to believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, but at the same time believe that there's no resurrection for anybody else. Either there is a resurrection or there isn't. And the Bible says that there is. Amen? That settles it. God says it. I believe it. That settles it, right? God says it, I believe it, that settles it. The Bible says there is a resurrection. What more proof do we need? Of course, uh, we're benefiting from Paul's writings. They didn't have a New Testament, that early church. They didn't know anything, really. Especially the, the Gentile believers, they didn't have anything. At least the Jewish believers had the Torah, the Old Testament. And so this is why Paul has to write to inform them, to educate them, that one day you're going to receive a resurrected body, just like Jesus' resurrected body. So I said, if Jesus is not written, risen from the dead, he, he wouldn't have conquered sin or death or hell. But he did. He did. And there would be no good news. But there is. There'd be no good news to share. Our preaching would be in vain. It would be unproductive. It would be futile. You know? Verse 15. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. You know, it's just it's always amusing when you see these court cases on TV. There's a quite famous person in court uh, suing his ex-wife. 
just for $50 million, I think it is. And then she's countersuing for $100 million. That's just, that's just chump change for him, anyway. And it's, it, you know, whether they're a believer or an unbeliever, you know, they swear under oath to tell the truth, right? Well, let me tell you, there's many false witnesses, and there still are in our, our day, some people in the pulpits. False witnesses. More than that, we, who is he talking about? The apostles. We are found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him. In fact, the dead are not raised. So what's the point in preaching that he was raised from the dead if he wasn't? There's no, if there's no such thing as the resurrection of the dead, then everybody who claimed to have seen the risen Lord Jesus are liars. They're false witnesses. And we heard last week, you read it, the same chapter, verse 6. There was at least 500 of them, at least, if not more, all the apostles. So I guess they're all liars then. That's what Paul is saying, including me, he said. I'm a false witness. Why would you believe me? What about the 500? What about the other disciples? What about all those that came out of the graves? Are they false witnesses as well? No. Eyewitness accounts. You cannot beat an eyewitness account. Ask any policeman. Right? And I've said it before. When I, this is why I had to get a knee replacement. I got hit by a van back in 1979, July 1st. Just minding my own business, Sunday afternoon, had me lunch, going off to a beautiful park in the English countryside in Leicestershire. Sheer. Green lights. Accelerated, going up the hill, wham! Next thing I know, I'm laying on the ground. Try to stand up. My foot went. I wasn't going anywhere. And they came to, what do you call it, road pizza? And then they come and scooted me up and took me to hospital. But the guy that ran the light, not me, no, I'd never do that. He came through a red light. Guess what? Opposite the light that he came through, the red light, there was a police car. And they saw everything, and they were my witnesses. You can't beat an eyewitness account. Amen? Thank you, Jesus, that they were there, you know. Otherwise, I wouldn't have got me compensation. It would have been his word against mine. But you can't beat a true witness. So surely all those eyewitnesses account, people that, surely they ought to be believed, but there are still people that believe a lie, especially when it sounds convincing. And you know as well as I do, sometimes we've been ripped off. You ever been ripped off? You ever been duped? You ever been lied to? 
You gotta you gotta nod your head. I don't see the nods. I know you have. Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah. We all have. Amen. We've all been ripped off. I've been a Christian for long and I was waiting for my compensation from the motorcycle accident from the insurance company. And I should have kept my mouth shut. And if you ever come into the, any winnings, or if you win the lottery, don't tell anybody. <laughs> don't tell anybody, because there's always somebody out to take your money. And there was somebody who started coming to the church, and he claimed to be a Christian, and he asked me for a loan. Now, Shakespeare, he says, amongst and many other things, neither a lender or a borrower be neither a wise wise shakespeare william good on you neither a lender or a borrower be well he's asking for me to lend him money this fellow and he said if you don't if i don't get the money they're gonna i'm gonna have to go to jail you know to pay off this fine and i was humming in there and prayed about it I thought, okay i said well i'll loan you some on the condition that you pay me back. Oh, yes. Of course, definitely, I'll pay you back. So much per week, you know, until it's all paid off. No, no, and he stopped coming to church. In fact, I gave him a, a Gideon's Bible prior, and somebody told me he threw that away. So uh, I caught up with him. I, I caught up with him, you know being a sanctified person by this time. I didn't beat the living daylights out of him. But uh, appealed to his the better nature that he didn't have. And I says, okay, are you going to pay or not? He says, I'll start paying each week now, from now on. Honest. Honest I will. I got maybe one or two payments. I thought, forget it. I'll just write it off. I've learned a good lesson, amen? We've all been ripped off at one form or another. And you know what? The perpetrating lies about Jesus ever since the resurrection from the dead. If you quickly just go over to Matthew, and you're probably aware, you know, hearing numerous resurrection messages all your Christian life, but let's just be reminded in Matthew 28, the perpetration of lies regarding the resurrection of Jesus Christ. False witnesses. Matthew 28, read verse 12 through 15. The religious leaders of the day. Now, while the women were on their way, we, we already learned about that, some of the guards went into the city. You know, the ladies, the three ladies that went to the tomb, they were going back to where the disciples were and tell them that Jesus had risen from the dead. And the guards, the ones that there was God in the tomb, remember? They reported it to the chief priests, everything that had happened. So they knew Jesus rose again from the dead. And when the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say, his disciples, 
came during the night, stole him away while you were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. It must have been a large sum of money. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day, to this very day as well. Not when this was written. Amen? False witnesses, lies about Jesus' resurrection. If Jesus Christ never rose from the dead, then Christians, we know better. We know better off than the unbelievers. We'd have no reason to live. We'd have no purpose in life whatsoever. But because he lives, what's that song? Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he owns the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. All together now. No, it's okay. You know, we can face tomorrow. If we didn't have Christ, if there was no resurrection from the dead, we'd have no hope. We'd have no hope in this life. We'd have no hope of a certain future in heaven when we die. We would have nothing to look forward to. We'd never see our loved ones that are already there again. We'd have no hope of seeing them ever again. Amen? You know, this world is cursed. We know that the uh, pandemic that we've all been suffering through and the consequences thereof the last few years, it's a disease, yes. But you know, there's a far worse deadly disease that every person is born with, and that's the curse of sin. It's a sin. From birth, it's a spiritual problem. It's the great cancer of our immortal souls. And the Bible says quite correctly there in verse 22a, for as in Adam all die. We're all born with the Adamic nature. None of us gets out alive. That Adamic nature that we're born with, it's a barrier between a holy God and sinful we. And if left untreated, we'll be continually cut off from God for all eternity. Unless we have our sins forgiven by believing faith in the one that was good enough to die in our place, Jesus Christ, the Savior. That's the good news amongst all the bad news that we hear on a daily basis. That's the good news. That is the only cure for that deadly disease called sin. The whole world has been cursed with it. We can see the evidence of it. It's a horrible thing. 
Sin is a horrible, horrible thing. So horrible that the Son of God was willing to pay the price for our sins on the cross so we wouldn't have to be punished for them. So in Christ, verse 22 again, second half. So in Christ, are you in Christ or are you outside of Christ? If you're not saved, if you've never received Jesus as your Savior, you're outside of Christ and you're under condemnation. So in Christ, all will be made alive. That's what it means to be born again. Amen? We've been regenerated, regenerated, born again by the Holy Spirit. Jesus paid the penalty for our sins on the cross. That first Good Friday, just over 2,000 years. But if Jesus never rose again from the dead, then we're still in our sins. We're lost. We've not been forgiven. And the ones that have died are also lost. It says that in verse 18. Then those who are also have fallen asleep in Christ have perished, just like the unbelievers. It's too late. But thank God, Christians can never perish. Christians cannot perish any more than God can perish. We've been regenerated by his Holy Spirit. We can never die any more than God can die. This is what Jesus has to say again, John 14. Because I live. It's not a dead savior. Because I live, you also will live. And Paul says in verse 19, I... If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people to be pitied. To be pitied. No need to pity us. We're on the victory side. Amen? Amen. Jesus' resurrection has brought us salvation. His resurrection, his death on the cross and resurrection has brought us peace with God and blessings to all those that receive him. Because being in Christ, he's given us saving faith, the forgiveness of our sins, an abundant life on earth, and a guaranteed home in heaven. What more could we ask for? What more can we ask for? If Jesus is risen from the dead, he's alive, we will live also. But if he's not alive, we are to be pitied. We are to be most miserable, most miserable. You know, some people, you know, they go, go around, you know, face like sea biscuit, you know, with a long face. You know, like they say, my mom used to say, what's wrong with you? Looks like you've lost a pound and found a penny. <laughs> or you could say, you know, you've, you've lost a... You've lost a dollar and found a penny, you know, a cent. If that makes any sense. Of course it does. If Jesus remained dead, rightly does the apostles say, we are to be pitied. We are to be miserable, pathetic. 
but he did rise again from the dead. We have so much to rejoice about. You know, we're going to suffer. We're going to suffer. You know that. You know? But no more than what Christ went through. I can tell you, I went through some excruciating pain through this knee replacement, not to scare anyone who's about to have one. But if I knew, somebody asked me, if you knew how much pain you would have gone through, would you have done it? And I would say no. And thankfully, the people that have had it, including my good friend Billy, they didn't tell me. <laughs> because I might not have gone through it. And there's another guy, John, who lives down the road. He's on the select committee and all that. He's had two, he had two knee replacements at the same time. And some get over it real quick, and some take Tylenol afterwards, and others are crying out for sister morphine. <laughs> all right? We're all going to suffer, but it's only temporary. It's only temporary. Soon we'll be with the Lord. Soon you're going to get someone else standing up here preaching to you. <laughs> Ask yourself, are you truly saved? Are you saved? Why not? You really want to face judgment? You really want to have to stand before God and then be cast into hell and then eventually into the lake of fire? That doesn't make any sense. Jesus loves you and he died for you. And it's a simple thing to believe and then receive. Receive the gift and you'll be glad that you did for all eternity. You'll receive an abundant life in this life. I wouldn't change a day. I wouldn't change a day. I lived half my life as a heathen and the other half as a, as a Christian. And there's no comparison. None whatsoever. You know, when I got saved, he took away any fear that I had. He took away the fear of death. People, you're not saved, you fear death. But if you receive Jesus, he'll take that fear away. Fear of what other people think. Are you like that? You're afraid of what people think about you? You know, you walk down the street, I wonder what they think of me. Maybe you're not like that. Maybe you don't think that way. He took fear away. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Let me close, because I've been rambling on a little bit. And uh, thank God I don't have to stick strictly to my notes. But I would like to close in the same chapter and read verse 51. Just three little verses. Let's, re let's read verse 50. I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Of course it can't. It's mortal. It dies. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen. I tell you a mystery. And it was a mystery. We will not all sleep. But we shall be changed. He's talking about resurrection. In a flash. In the twinkling of an eye. At the last trumpet, 
for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised, imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. And when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with the immortality, then the saying that is written, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Our loving Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to know that you not only died, but you also rose again from the dead and are alive. And in Christ, we can receive everlasting life. Help us by your grace with the time that we have left to be a light that shines in this cursed world of sin to say a word and a testimony just like the apostles did and those believers in the 500 that saw you risen from the dead they were not false witnesses and neither are we help us to tell people the truth and because you live they can live also but only if they receive life itself, and the life is in the Son. He who has the Son has life, but he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine, for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m., we are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.